0: Hi. I'm Soumitra Srivastava and this is the Bridge Project podcast. Today I'm going to analyze Entity Docomo vs. Tata Sons Limited, a Delhi High Court judgment of 2017, which was widely hailed as a pro-enforcement judgment by the arbitration community. It was indeed that, no questions about that. But there were certain FEMA public policy and contractual jurisprudence questions. Which raised eyebrows of many legal scholars and for right reasons, which shall be discussed in detail in this episode. And then we will get on to some other judgments which deal with the same issue. The primary question was: can a foreign award be enforced in India if it is in contravention of FEMA? Now, two more judgments. Which will be discussed Cruise City versus Unitech Limited, a 2017 Delhi High Court judgment, and Vijay Karya versus Prismian Kavi Systemish SRL, which was a Supreme Court 2020 judgment. These two judgments were also foreign seated arbitration dealing with more or less the same question. Vijay Karya upheld the Cruise City judgment. Now, one of the principal Of arbitration is that you need to have a seat of the arbitration and all these three cases are the cases of foreign arbitration that is the seat is outside so there's one reason why seat is outside that parties do not want the award should be challenged in uh, India under Indian laws hence they want a seat outside India now this has been the reasoning of the code as well that you have a foreign seated arbitration then laws of india shall not apply and unless there is a breach of fundamental public policy of india the award is enforced now another global principle is that as far as possible contractual matters shall be deferred to arbitrators but arbitrators decide upon the rights of private parties so when there is a regulatory matter that is a tax dispute a foreign exchange dispute. Then regulators have also some kind of jurisdiction in the affairs of the parties and that has always given arbitration a kind of backlog or a kind of jurisdictional question and uh, this has been a matter of dispute throughout the international arbitration community. So when a matter generally infringes upon the rights of the public then the regulator steps in and then a dispute is created. There have been many doctrines and concepts which have been evolved over time to determine who has the jurisdiction, the arbitral tribunal or the regulator. So one such concept is file rate doctrine. Now this doctrine says that whenever you have a particular charge or a rate fixed by a regulator, then arbitral tribunal could not question that rate. So this has given some kind of autonomy to regulator with respect to rate now the reason this is important is because the conflict of regulator and the arbitrator has been very pertinent in this entire set of cases especially entity docomo versus tata sons limited now before i speak out the brief facts let's understand what a put option is because put option has been the core issue in this case according to investopedia a put Is an options contract that gives the owner the right but not the obligation to sell a certain amount of the underlying asset at a price within a specific time in simple words a put gives you an opportunity to sell an option to sell the security which you have bought at a predetermined price to minimize risk Now, there is a lot of jurisprudence regarding legality of these options, but the law relevant to the case is FEMA regulation transfer or issue of securities for persons resident outside India, which partly provides that a non-resident holding the shares or debentures of an Indian company containing an optionality clause and exercising the option or right could exit without any assured return. Now, here the term without any assured return is important whoever has the put option can definitely exit investment but there is no provision of assured return and also you cannot agree with other party to have a pre-agreed price this is only for foreign investors because the rational behind this is that since equity investor does not have a f- upper cap in its profits that is the profit can be anything it can be indefinite hence it shall not also have a downward protection. That is, whatever the market price is, they shall be allowed to exit the market at that price. The price can be pre-agreed, but it shall be either less or equal to fair price according to the markets. Now, entity Docomo invested $2.2 billion for a certain number of shares in TTSL. Docomo, Tata Sons Limited, and TTSL, a Tata's public company, entered into a shareholder agreement. Now, in this shareholder agreement, Tata was obligated to find a buyer for shares at a pre-agreed price. That is, put option was there. So, the sale price was required to be higher of these two. Either the fair value of shares or 50% of the price at which Docomo had purchased the share. So, naturally, the clause was intended to give Docomo a downside protection on its investment. Bloomberg Quint reported that when the Tata-Docomo agreement was signed, the law did not expressly restrict such exit mechanism for foreign investors. First, in 2011, these agreements with optionality clauses were treated as external commercial borrowings and were governed under the ECB policy. This was withdrawn in a short period till 2014 when RBI legitimized put options by notification with several conditions, one of which is that there cannot be a pre-assured return. In 2014, TTSL failed to meet certain performance standards. Docomo now exercised the put option and called upon Tata to find a buyer for its share in TTSL. Tata contended that it was not under an unconditional obligation and that it had the option to decide whether to find a buyer or to buy the share itself. And then it went on to buy the shares itself. For that, the special permission of RBI was required, since the value of the shares had fallen. Tata argued that since the special permission of the RBI was not forthcoming, it was not liable to purchase the shares under the contract. Docomo referred this dispute to designated arbitral institution, that is, London Code of International Arbitration. The three-member arbitral tribunal unanimously rejected this argument of Tata, and held that it was under an unqualified obligation to perform. It held that the impediment to Tata's performance was factual rather than legal and that the contract could be performed even without the special permission of the RBI. The tribunal went on to award damages to Docomo to the extent of USD 1.17 billion along with interest and cost. The amount of damages represented the amount that Docomo would have received had Tata performed the contract. For Tata did not pay the amounts awarded, Ducomo filed an enforcement petition in the Delhi High Court. Initially, Tata resisted the enforcement, but later on, the parties reached a compromise and filed consent terms with the court, essentially giving effect to the award. During the course of proceedings, RBI included itself in the proceedings and contended that neither the award nor the consent terms should be given effect since it would lead to a violation of the foreign exchange regulation. So these are the brief facts of the matter and the judgment here is interesting in a lot of ways. One of the important point is that when we say that regulation 9 does not allow a foreign investor to have a pre-agreed price, the argument was made when the dispute came in the tribunal and later in the court that even if it is assumed that this part of the shareholder agreement that is share uh, uh, Clause 5.7.2 even if it has assumed that it is illegal even then the Tata company had option to find any foreign investor who can buy the shares from Docomo so that would be a non-resident to non-resident transaction and here this notification would not apply because the notifications is only for, for the transaction between a non-resident to a resident. So exchange regulation would not come into place. So this was an, an absolutely legal alternative. The other one was also a legal alternative but subject to the special permission of RBI. But this alternative was absolutely legal. But since Tata failed to perform this obligation. Because the market prices were low, so no foreign investor was interested in buying these certain set of shares at this agreed price. Hence, the Tata company could not perform its obligations. So the impediment was factual rather than legal. Hence, Tata was liable to pay damages because the indemnification clause was there in 5.7.2. That was the central piece of argument from docomo that docomo is not seeking the sale price of the shares but it is seeking the damages so if i may read what is 5.7.2 here it is if tata was unable to find a willing buyer or buyers to purchase the sale shares at the sale price or if the sale of the sale shares is not closed during the sale period, Tata shall acquire or procure the acquisition of the sale shares at any price, not later than the end of the sale period. The further condition was that Tata shall have the obligation to indemnify and reimburse Docomo for the difference between the sale price and price at which sale shares are actually sold, which the payment shall be made at the closing of the sale. So, the award was also given on this point by the LCIA that what Docomo is seeking is not the sale price of the shares, but damages because Tata failed to indemnify, because the data failed to find it a buyer and hence, Docomo is entitled to damages. Now, this has also been upheld by Delhi High Court, which said that RBI cannot Recharacterize damages as sale price of the share. Now, the contention was that shares were also given back to Tata. So, will it not make it a share purchase agreement? The court held that the giving back of share was only incidental. The shares have to be given back to the Tata company. So, this was how the position regarding legality of the award. Now, we move on to the public policy question. The public policy has to be read with uh, respect to Renu Sagar because Renu Sagar has dealt with this matter and it is still a very important judgment when we read it. So it's said that the term public policy must be interpreted as the legislative policy of a country rather than a provision of any enactment. Now in Cruise City, Official liquidator versus dharti dhan was looked upon and relied on that if settled principles of law dictate that greater harm would come from non-enforcement than enforcement, then the award must be not set aside, even if if it goes against public policy. So non-enforcement is also kind of discretion, which could be read by the wording of section 48, which has stated the word may, that the court may refuse the enforcement and it does not shag. The court may refuse the enforcement if certain grounds are found. So this has been interpreted as discretionary authority on the courts to set aside the arbitral above. However, later we have in Vijay Karya that where this term means may and where it means shall. So this has been demarcated in the Supreme Court judgment later and I'll discuss it later. So how the public policy question has been entertained. The court held that it is not against fundamental policy of India when a company is honoring its legal commitments under a contract. It is also good for the benefit of inflows into the country. So this has been the case regarding the foreign direct investment and investment scenario in India that the court was also pro-arbitration because this had direct implications on the way foreign investors look into Indian investment. This is because Tata had contracted to give a exit price to the investors. Now, this has also been, interestingly, a question of dispute between Cyrus Mystery and Ratan Tata. Where Cyrus Mystery had the policy of challenging this award, but later Ratan Tata came and uh, changed the way the Tata company was holding this award and signed a consent term with Docomo. This has been to ensure that the Tata legacy would be not harmed. And this, in fact, was good for the reputation of the company. Moving on, we move to the question of internal notings of RBI. The court, while analyzing the RBI stance, looked into what was the internal notings of RBI, which actually permitted the transaction. But then this question was moved to Ministry of Finance and then Ministry of Finance replied that this shouldn't be exemption because this is against the general law and then the RBI stance was changed. This was an interesting observation which was an internal affair and which was I think achieved by RTI. So this was also a point in determining that whether to allow this transaction or not. I think I have not spoken about the scheme of foreign exchange management act regarding the special permission and general permission of rba so whenever there is any foreign exchange transaction then there should be permission of rba either it would be a general permission that is something which has already been validated by the legal framework under the statute or the under the regulations or something which is not totally in contravention of the act and which may be permitted by the RBI with respect to certain circumstances and the consideration of certain factors. So RBI has to put its own mind and give the special permission for that. So this transaction was not within the general framework of the law and hence Tata sought special permission from RBI. And RBI rejected that permission. So Tata used this as a ground that, look, we do not have the permission of RBI. So we cannot go on with this transaction. Now, the Arbitral Tribunal held that this is not sale price of shares. And hence, RBI permission is out of question. What you are paying Docomo is the damages for the breach of contract. And that is something which Docomo is rightfully entitled to. Hence, pay the damages. And this was also upheld by the Delhi High Court under the same reason. Now, an interesting thing is that RBI has filed an intervention application when this execution and enforcement proceedings were going on. But RBI was not given representation in the case because it was not party to the case. It was not party to the award. Now, this has raised questions that the foreign exchange regulator shall be given jurisdiction to intervene to at least present its case. But I would argue that this is a foreign arbitral award and this uh, is exchange law which is of the country and these two parties have decided that London should be the seat of the arbitration. So why you haven't challenged this in the London? This is how the arbitration framework works that you have an uh, arbitral award and you challenge it in the seat of the arbitration. Now they haven't challenged this in the seat of the arbitration but they come here And when the enforcement was going on, they challenged it under the section 48. So basically the party is getting two appeals. So three times you are getting the representation. And I do not think that this is very in the spirit of arbitration, especially under New York Convention of Enforcement of Awards. Now, this reasoning has been upheld in the Vijay Karya case, as I'll discuss later. But before that, I'll discuss the validity of compromise. So, it was argued from the other side, before the consent terms were agreed. I'm sorry, this was not argued by Tata. But this was a a question which was presented by RBA. That compromise under Order 23, Rule 3 of the Civil Procedure Code is not for execution of decrees. That is, it is not for execution proceedings. You cannot compromise in execution proceedings of decrees. So the court held that this is a public policy matter and an Indian company honoring its commitment under the contract is good for the company as well as for FDI to the India and CPC is only a procedural code and hence independent of Order 23, Rule 3 and under Order 21, Rule 2 along with section 47, we allow the compromise to be enforced. Next, we move on to Cruise City versus Unitec Limited, which was also a Delhi High Court judgment and also deal with the same questions. Now, the facts are almost similar to what has happened in Tata Docomo, that the contract was made in contravention with FEMA. But the difference lies in this. The award was given on the point of purchase price of shares, that is the foreign arbitral tribunal decided upon the purchase price of the shares, unlike Tata Docomo case in which the award was given on damages. So Cruise City was essentially in contravention with FEMA. In this case, enforcement of an award was in violation of FEMA. But The court held that such a violation is not contrary to fundamental public policy of India. Now, it also held that requirement for an approval from RBI for remitting funds outside India pursuant to a foreign arbitral award is not a ground for refusing enforcement of that foreign arbitral award. Here, the court held that maybe the award is subject to the permission of RBI. So once there is award and then it if it is not allowed by RBI, then it would be perfectly fine. Now, there seems some kind of questions regarding this position that once an award is passed and it is in contravention with RBI's policy, can that be stalled? Now, this particular statement holds that yes, RBI is open to do that, but it hasn't been done so far. RBI did not challenge these judgments, so it is quite unclear regarding what would be the case. Next, the code also held that a put option granted to a foreign investor that provides a guaranteed rate of return does not violate RBI's prohibition on providing guaranteed returns to foreign investor. If such option is exercisable solely in the event of a default or a breach of an undertaking, in reliance on which the foreign investor had made its investment. Also, parties who provide representations or warranties about the validity of foreign exchange transaction under Indian law at the time such transactions are entered into may be stopped from raising a defence in enforcement proceedings that such transactions were in violation of Indian law and may not be relieved from any legal consequences to themselves from entering into transaction in violation of Indian law. So, if Tata has actually got into a contract and given a exit price, now it cannot move in the enforcement proceedings after challenging everything in the arbitral award and the opportunities to appeal at the high court in the seat of the arbitration. Now, they cannot come in the enforcement proceedings and argue that such a position would be illegal. So, parties cannot do it, but RBI can do it. We don't know that. But again, RBI was not given representation in entity docomo versus startup. So this becomes a very contentious position, and courts are yet to explore to give a final position of what is the real law. Now, another point is that Indian courts have the discretion to permit enforcement of foreign arbitral awards, even if the specified grounds for refusing such enforcement are met. This Essentially means that section 48 which provides that courts may refuse the enforcement of foreign arbitral award is taken in the literal spirit and the courts have the discretion to permit the enforcement of arbitral award even if the specific grounds for refusing such enforcement are met. So it is the court's discretion to permit enforcement. Now as stated earlier this has rel- relied on the judgment of official liquidator versus Dharati Rahan that if settled principle of law dictate that greater harm would come from non-enforcement, then enforcement must not be set aside, even if it goes against public policy. Now, the quotation of Russell on arbitration in his book was also noted that the onus of proving the existence of a ground rests upon the party opposing enforcement. But that may not be the end. The court also has a discretion to refuse enforcement, where one or more of the grounds are made out. The discretion is not to be exercised arbitrarily. Finally, we come to Vijay karya judgment. This is a Supreme Court judgment and it has relied upon the Delhi High Court judgment in Cruz City in these words. Before answering this question, it is important to first advert to the decision of Delhi High Court in Cruz. The learned single judge was faced with a similar problem of a foreign award violating the provisions of FEMA. In an exhaustive analysis, the learned single judge referred to Renu Sagar and then held, it plainly follows from the above that the contravention of a provision of a law is insufficient to invoke the defense of public policy when it comes to enforcement of a foreign award. Contravention of any provision of an enactment is not synonymous to contravention of fundamental policy of Indian law the expression fundamental policy of Indian law refers to principles and legislative policy on which Indian statutes and laws are founded. The expression fundamental policy connotes the basic and substratal rational values and principles which form the bedrock of laws in our country. It is necessary to bear in mind that a foreign award may be based on foreign law, which may be at variance with corresponding Indian statutes. And if the expression fundamental policy of Indian law is considered as a reference to a provision of the Indian statute as it sought to be contended on the behalf of Unitech, the basic purpose of the New York Convention to enforce foreign awards would stand frustrated. One of the principal objectives of New York Convention is to ensure enforcement of awards, notwithstanding that the awards are not rendered in conformity to the national laws. Thus, the objection to enforcement on the ground of public policy must be such that offend the core values of a member's state's national policy and which it cannot be expected to compromise. Later on, it held that the contention that enforcement of award against UNITEC must be refused on the ground that it violates any one or the other provision of FEMA cannot be accepted, but any remittance of the money recovered from UNITEC in enforcement of award would necessarily require compliance of regulatory provision and or permission. Now, this clears a lot of things regarding the fundamental policy of India and what is not fundamental policy of India. But it also raises a question in the last paragraph that any remittance recovered from Unitech has to necessarily require compliance of regulatory provision and permission. This means that the rbi's permission is necessary whatsoever even if it is a foreign arbitral award still rbi can not permit and that transaction would be invalid so here the regulatory agencies still have the power so this is a bad position in my view because you are actually applying national law while saying that you are not red phone and hunter was cited and it was held that the New York Convention does not permit any review on the merits of an award to which the con- convention applies. And in this respect, therefore, differs from the provision of some system of national law governing the challenge of an award when an appeal to the courts on the points of law may be permitted. Karia also determined how FEMA is different from FERA. FERA was a statute which was a very restrictive provision before the liberalization period of India and how FEMA has been liberal so far because there is no section 47 in FEMA there's no like there's no copy for this section 47 of FIRA which says that contracts in contravention of FIRA are void so if we apply FEMA then it says that you have to take permission of RBI later on but any contract which is in contravention of FEMA is not prima facie what so the court in Vijay Karya has witnessed and observed that there is a fundamental change in exchange control after legislating FEMA. But still, the bad point of the judgment is that it held that the Reserve Bank of India may choose to step in and direct that the aforesaid share be sold only at the market value and not at the discounted value or may choose to condone such breach. But the award could not be prevented from being enforced on this ground. So as said earlier, this is a quite shady position we really do not understand that whether the award is going to be prevented from being enforced or uh, or RBI can do this because these two lines at the end are making it very confusing that on the one hand you're saying that uh, the RBI may choose to step in and direct that the share should be sold at the market value but later you're saying that the award could not be prevented from being enforced on this ground. so what do you exactly mean by not being prevented from being enforced because when you do that, you definitely require RBI to not step in. So this is kind of problematic position. As discussed earlier, the Supreme Court in Vijaycaria also dealt with the question of whether a court could still enforce a foreign award even if certain grounds in section 48 are approved. So the may versus shall controversy has been used here. The court classified the grounds set out in section 48 into three groups out of which any public policy matter or grounds which affect jurisdiction of arbitration proceedings these kind of matters the court does not have jurisdiction that is the court has to refuse enforcement of awards if such a ground is made out the only cases where the court has discretion, is where the party interest is alone affected. We come to the conclusion of the episode where we say that the foreign exchange law really requires to have an amendment. Business Standard reported that former RBI governor Raghuram Rajan had argued that FEMA needed to be changed to allow exits to foreign investors with a stop loss clause. Contracts with predetermined exits were a global trend. Bloomberg 2 had argued in its article that there must be certain changes with regard to the predetermined exits point in contracts because other nations have been following this kind of liberal environment where investors have option to exit at a pre-agreed price. But so far RBI has not come up with any kind of modern regulation as far as FEMA regulations are concerned, Regulation 10, Sub-Regulation 7, FEMA TISPRO Regulation 2017 says that a person resident outside India holding capital instruments of an Indian company containing an optionality clause in accordance with these regulations and exercising the option right may exit without any assured return, subject to the pricing guidelines prescribed in these regulations and a minimum lock-in period of one year or minimum lock-in period as prescribed in these regulations, whichever this is higher. So, there is no assured return and you cannot have any assured On October 2019, the central government issued Foreign Exchange Management Non-Debt Instrument Rules 2019 and the RBI notified two set of rules. Now for any transaction which is not covered under the general framework or general permission has to be consented by the central government. So. RBI which was the sole authority before to give special permission has to consult central government. And we would like to know what is happening with these regulations later on and let us know in the comment how do you really react to this judgment and what do you think about the issue. And I do not want this to be a one way communication visit our LinkedIn page and comment on whatever you think about the issue or any legal point which you wanted to present a better view of that. And this is lockdown, so I'm bored. And I would happily answer these questions. And also, I have a query regarding blockchain. That if you have to pay in bitcoins, if this entire transaction is thought in terms of blockchain currency, then do you really require FEMA? I mean, does FEMA cover blockchain or not well we know that there is no regulation regarding blockchain but is it absolutely barred by it there were certain draft reports in the media but i haven't seen any draft so i am going to interview one guest who has researched a lot upon blockchain uh, in the coming episode and i'll ask him the question that whether this transaction that whether data can actually pay first buy bitcoins from any entity and then transfer those Bitcoins to Docomo. Do you really require FEMA for that? So that would be a question I would try to research upon. And please let us know what you think of this uh, entire case. What would you want to listen to or uh, what do you want in analysis in the later episodes? Thank you.